Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the world of the USL, and sometimes sports discussion from you know everything else in the world of sports. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me tonight here on episode number 50 is uh, Jacob Terrell and Earl Nieto. Guys, thank you so much for being here, as always. Uh, monumental episode for us. I mean, obviously, if uh, if things had gone differently and in 2021, we would have, of course, hit episode 50 a little bit sooner. But episode 50, big, big episode for us. And there is Harry in the chat uh, saying, boo, NMU. Harry, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, would love to get your thoughts uh, ahead of the ahead of this week, ahead of tomorrow night's match. Um, so um, can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to hear from anyone else in the chat. And uh, guys, before we get into tonight's episode, I have one burning question for you hypothetically if you were to be hired as the manager of a team of your choice any team what is the number one thing that you should not do to that team <laughs> piss off your star player <laughs> for those of you not watching I mean, you... I, I... go ahead Earl. I was going to say I don't have anything else to say other than what you just said. Yeah, for those of you not watching, Seth has two Atlanta United scarves behind him. Annie is wearing an Atlanta United striped kit. Um, Championship kit, thank you very much. Whatever, living in the past, buddy, living in the past. <laughs> hang and on, so hang he... on, hang on. I have one thing to say. Oh, okay. gosh. One thing to say. Fuck five stripes. Oh, oh, oh. oh. too far, Earl. Too far. Can't be with you on this one, Earl. Can't be with you on this one, Earl. No, I mean, yeah, it's. You don't even uh, follow MLS, Earl. You have no say. Earl has quietly become a Nashville supporter, which is really, really strange. But uh, at least they're wearing black and yellow, so I can kind of see it. It's a weird yellow, though. It is a weird yellow. But yeah, no. Who cares what yellow it is? Freaking Mukhtar. Who cares? <laughs> he had a, he was impressive though. He really was. Uh, I went back and watched it on ESPN Plus. That was that was a great match for Nashville. He looked really good. Um, so, uh, hat tip to Harry Mukhtar for getting a hat trick the other night. Uh, all in the first half, I think it was within six minutes is what it was what I saw. So, um, congratulations to him. Congratulations to Nashville on their win. But yeah, so I mean, there were a lot of big stories that came out of the world of sports. Um, around the, around the world i mean there's reports of the olympics having cardboard beds so the uh, athletes won't have sex on them there's... <laughs> have you what? not seen this i don't pay attention to the news we should know yeah, this by suppose, now <laughs> they're like cardboard framed beds so that the player so that the olympic athletes won't have sex on them in the, in the japanese olympic village um there well, are... what's the fun of the olympics that's like the main part of accepting an invite <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to see Earl get a get his Olympic invite to go uh, hook up with uh, other Olympic Olympians. So, um, yeah, then there was a, there, I saw a story today. I guess there's a there's an Olympian that has uh, some disabilities that is that was not allowed to have their like uh, assistant there with them because they weren't considered an essential person. Like I'm this is just, I'm thinking you know if if you have an Olympian with disabilities that needs someone there to assist them. 
that's got to be an essential person. Like, how could it not be if you ask me? And then, you know, you've got Premier League news. You've got, um, you know, you've got uh, the, the disturbing news coming out of Everton, apparently a player being suspended from the first team and arrested for uh, alleged child sex offenses. Um, yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy few days. We've got U.S. Open Cup news we're going to talk about. And then, of course, you know, Atlanta United, of course, fired their coach after 13 matches with him in charge. Um, and there are numerous reports coming out saying he was denying players water, holding two-a-day training sessions in, you know, in the Deep South. And uh, he made the decision to freeze Joseph Martinez out of the first team. And, I mean, it's, there's a, a lot of stories coming out here lately that just – have boggled my mind. I mean, is there anything that stands out for you guys in the world of sports that just makes no sense to you as to why people are acting the way they, they are? Earl, do you want to take this? No, I don't because okay. <laughs> sports is sports and fuck five stripes. Oh. Earl, is, <laughs> Earl is on one today uh, for sure. Um, yeah, it, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if it was the year of quarantine that just messed everybody's brains up or part of me wonders if this stuff happened way more often than we thought. And it's just way more exposed now. It's way more out in the open with everything, but, uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely interesting right now with everything going on. Uh, power trips, man. That's that's all I can say. Power trips. People think they own everything when they when they are professional athletes or professional coaches or not everybody. Obviously, there's a, a thousands and thousands of maybe even millions of professional athletes out there that are just great people. But you don't hear about them. You hear about the ones that are are uh, full of issues because that's what gets gets clicks. Yeah, no, uh, drama definitely gets clicks. And, you know, that's something we try to stay away from here, obviously. You know, we just, we try to separate Earl. stories. Earl embraces Earl. it. Yeah. You know, we want to talk about it. We want to bring awareness to it. And we want to have discussions with, you know, among the three of us and with those, you know, here, here in our chat. And Harry makes a great point. You know, uh, Atlanta United coach had to go for several reasons. Yeah. You know, uh, Heinz came in under, you know, with 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 lofty goals, lofty expectations, and I mean, obviously, you know, you can't help the fact that Joseph is coming back from an ACL tear. You know, he finally came back. He got healthy. He went off to, you know, international duty. Ended up getting COVID. Came back. You know, uh, had a heart issue, and then you you find out that he's frozen Joseph out of the first team training. Out of the, didn't even put him in the eighteen against New England Rev Revolution over the weekend. And then after losing, you know, Heinz gets fired. I mean, eight matches in a row without a win. Never going to look good. I mean, 13 matches in, you've got two wins, uh, which is not a good look. And then you hear all these stories coming out about how he's handling training, how he's handling personnel within the club, how he's handling media. And the, the number of issues just keep piling up and piling up and piling up. And, you know, I don't, I don't to me, it's, I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter who the coach is, who the, who the, who the, who the entity is. Like if you've got that many issues piling up, if you've got the MLSPA getting involved 
or whatever, you know, you, you know, whoever getting involved, that coach has got to go. If you ask me, and I just, I can't think of any other solution. It doesn't matter what league it is to where these types of things are being, uh, will be allowed to continue. Yeah. That my, my problem with, with Atlanta's situation is what, where do they go? Who do they look at? I I can't think of a a coach that's at least in this part of the world that is available right now that could come in and be an upgrade over people that they've had before. So I think they you think they just leave the interim for the rest of the season and then and see if they can pick somebody off from somewhere else in the off season. No, I don't think they they keep him. For- as interim for the entire season, I know the club definitely has to get a hire, get someone hired. They have to get them in. They have, they have to get it right. Um, I think, I mean, there are some names available. A name I saw tossed out there was Frank Lampard. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Like I, I, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even entirely sure that I would want Frank Lampard as, as the coach, but he has ties to the MLS, you know, having played for NYCFC and there are some other names out there, but, yeah, it's just they, they've got to hit it. They've got to hit a home run with whoever they hire. They've got to bring someone in that can work with the players and is willing to make adjustments because, you know, you've got Joseph coming out today and he's, he reaffirmed himself after there was a report saying he was leaving after this season and you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I see people saying, wait till August 2nd to see if Tata's available because Tata's contract with uh, El Tri. Uh, runs out in August. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in for any club. And I think some fans, and I think of something like that happened here with us at New Mexico United, you know, 13 matches in, you fire your coach, you know, this is not something that we're, that American fans are used to. You're not used to, you know, the, the kind of expectations and goals that you see from, from the bigger leagues. So, um, lot, lot of, lot of, long way to go this season. Lot, to, lot to talk about. Lot to see what happens. Uh, I know Atlanta plays tomorrow against FC Cincy. So, who knows? Maybe Joseph becomes more of like a player coach. I, who knows? Maybe, maybe the 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 coach they have in there now is just going to let him play a little bit more instead of you know, and trusting the players to do what they need to do. So, but anyway, enough about Atlanta United. No, that's not why we're here. Um. That was literally the worst eight minutes of my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, Earl. Next time we'll talk about wrestling. How about that? How did Money in the Bank go? What? How did Money in the Bank go? Oh, you read my mind. You <laughs> read my mind. It went great, by the way. Thanks for asking. Yeah, okay. Jacob, in case you're wondering what Money in the Bank is, um, it's the like yearly show where they climb the ladder and get a contract to face the WWE champion at any time. Um, one of those champ, one of those contracts is already used up because, anyways, almost superhero Nikki Ash um, did cash in on Charlotte Flair last night to win the championship. Um, so there's still one left with Big E. He won the men's. Um, we saw John Cena return. We saw Goldberg return. Um, I saw he's taking on Bobby Lashley, right? So it, it was a pretty good, 
Yeah, Goldberg's taking on Bobby Lashley, and John Cena will take on uh, Roman Reigns. All in Vegas at SummerSlam, which I'm still trying to convince my wife. That'd be a good one. I can't wait. It's it's looking good. Um, Harry, you're right. It did go okay, except for the buffering on Peacock, because Peacock sucks. Um, But I found if you restart, if it does it again, just FYI, if it does do it again, um, just restart your your system. So if you're watching on Xbox or PlayStation, just restart it, and then it reboots it, and it works out. Um, and then we have Edge versus Seth Rollins, which would be a good one. Um, we saw the Usos win the Tag Team Championship. Um, Harry, what was your take on Money in the Bank? Yeah, Earl, I'm glad, I'm glad you watched it. I, I know didn't Seth get didn't to... watch it. Well, I would have, except I had my boys, and they're not real big into wrestling, so I didn't put it on. Um, I will watch it probably like tonight or tomorrow um, while I'm editing. Uh, but yeah, no, I was super excited to see what happened. Um, you know, I boys, saw the Goldberg thing. Your boys are at the perfect age to get them into it, though. They are. And my oldest son did watch with his mom a little bit, but she doesn't really watch quite as much anymore, I don't think. Um, and then uh, my youngest, we know he hasn't grown up with it like he hasn't really seen it you know too much so uh maybe try to ease them into it a little bit but uh you don't like goldberg how dare you how dare you earl i do not like goldberg like i just put now he's washed up and should not be competing um well i mean hogan also what i put in the chat i was super upset rick flair is uh like invincible um and hulk hogan is immortal um, but I, I do not like the way they squashed Kofi Kingston it kind of pissed me off a little bit. I'm a huge Kofi fan. Um, did I expect him to win? No, he's not gonna beat Bobby Lashley, but I did expect a better match. Um, so that was that overall though. And then we can move on to what we're actually here to talk about. Oh, Jacob left. So I can talk all I want now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Overall, it was a really, really good pay-per-view. It started off really, really stupid and sucky and then and then got better at the end. Um, the main event was good. I was hoping to God that I saw Becky Lynch come back and interfere with the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair match, but that didn't happen. Um, I'm expecting something for SummerSlam. That's my bet. Anyways, Harry, Jacob's boards. We can move on to talk about <laughs> bees or some bullshit. I was like, I no, I'm I'm not bored at all. I couldn't hear a word you said for the last five minutes or so. So I was talking to my wife and and uh, complaining about you. So um, <laughs> so it was fine. But now I can hear you again, so we can move on. Yeah, I think Goldberg's a little bit too old to be making a comeback again. That's just my opinion. I mean, I was a huge fan of his back in the WCW days. Uh, Harry, I didn't realize you were a WWE fan. Uh, we should, uh, if we can't, if one of you guys has a chance, pull up the link to our uh, WrestleMania uh, episode and throw that in the chat. Um, so. Wait, I didn't know the goalkeeper for the Mighty Ducks wrestled. That's the Goldberg we're talking about, right? <laughs> no, that, that is not. The I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. I just wanted to see Earl's face. <laughs> That's really what I want to see. So, yeah, if you one of you guys can, has the opportunity to find the, find the link to our WrestleMania recap, and we'll put that in the chat and uh, on it. Let some folks uh, take a look at that. But uh, anyway, on to U.S. soccer news. 
big, big announcement today. U.S. soccer has officially canceled the 2021 U.S. Open Cup. And no, we're not talking Olympic soccer yet, Earl. Uh, we're going to get into that here probably next week. Can we just um, like hurry and move to the Olympics part of this all? That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly. We talked about it. They're having sex on cardboard beds. Yeah, there you go. That, that was the Olympic news this week. Um, no, the, um, the Olympics will, will kick off here uh, three days, I think it is. Three days they'll kick off. So um, we'll have something on that next Our, week. We'll talk tomorrow. Tomorrow. U.S. Okay. U.S. soccer team kicks off at two in the morning, and that's why we had to post. We had to move this up earlier because two in the freaking morning, I'll be awake watching Megan Rapino and Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan squash the hell out of Sweden. Yeah, that almost likely happened. I don't think anyone will bet against you there. Um, I, I fully expect U.S. women's national team to to claim the gold. Uh, any other result to me, honestly, I don't see happening, but. Uh, yeah, we got a lot. Well, there's so much going on. Um, yeah, Canada's got their open cup. Uh, Harry stood up in chat. I uh, saw the announcement about that. Um, I think there. I think that's honestly going to be a much better tournament than what U.S. Open Cup would have put out this year uh, with the uh, non-openness of it. But fortunately, the 2021 version has been canceled, and the 2022 format. Uh, has been announced uh, starting next season. There's going to be, we're going to avoid the international breaks, which I think is a huge deal. Uh, so all the top players from each of the leagues will get to play. Um, and then they're going to spacing out the, the time between the rounds. So you won't have like round one play and then round two play the very next week, which I think is a, a, two really big changes for the open cup. Uh, and we'll go back to the truly open format that we had before, you know, with the play in rounds and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you're going to have, they're expecting over a hundred clubs to enter the tournament and for 2022 and everything for that kicks off on January 6th with the open division birth allocation announcement. And then first round pairings being announced on January 19th. And then the other, big news regarding the U.S. Open Cup in 2022 is that half, approximately half of the MLS clubs will be entering in the third round instead of all of them entering in the fourth round, uh, which I think is a huge change. And uh, even on their own website, U.S. Soccer has said that it, it's to give more David versus Goliath type uh, matchups. And I think that's going to be interesting. Um Depending on who's in there, I mean, maybe we see some USL upsets again from some of these MLS sides. Uh, I honestly don't expect NISA or UPSL or any of the other you know lower leagues outside of USL to really do a whole lot. Um, so I don't, I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on US Open Cup coming back for 2022? Do we think the new changes in, to the format are going to be beneficial? <laughs> yeah. Um... I, I hope that it allows teams like New Mexico United, San Antonio FC, uh, not El Paso because I hate them, um, to to space out, make deeper runs. It, like for us right now, without a Mondo, because uh, a Gold Cup, um, not doing it during those international breaks will help us out a little bit, and. Um, and I think that overall it'll, it'll be a better product. So I'm glad to see that while they completely botched this year's version of it, whatever it was going to be, uh, they botched it so bad that they just had to cancel it. Um, I'm glad to see them making positive changes for 
for next season and and hopefully it pays off and and the product on the pitch is is better than than what some may think it would be yeah i think it'll be good to get back to it and get it going and seeing the seeing every single match being played live on espn plus which i Again, I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, ESPN Plus is going to have so much soccer starting next season. Uh, I mean, with the addition of uh, of La Liga, and I mean, there's just so much to watch. I guess it's going to be absolutely insane. And then uh, the other thing that came out of the announcement today is that the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League spot has yet to be decided. Uh, currently, Atlanta United is still the defending champion of the last Open Cup that was played. So whether or not Atlanta United automatically gets that spot in Champions League next year, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, that sounds like they're going to have a decision on that in coming days. Earl, do you think Atlanta United should get that spot once again, or how do you think U.S. soccer goes about handing out? Nope. The, no? Okay. How do yeah, you- we, we knew that. He, is, <laughs> he said fuck five stripes three <laughs> times already in this episode. He's not going to be like, yeah, give him the open cup entry. Well, Earl, how do you think U.S. soccer determines that? Do you nope, think I go they, off of, like, supporters shield last se- from last season? Or? Um, so here's here's the thing. Here's, here's my pay scale and my knowledge of anything MLS, CONCACAF, any kind of qualifier automatic. I mean, we have Qatar playing for a freaking Gold Cup because they're hosts of the World Cup. Uh, anyways, here's my knowledge of all that and my pay level for that. And here's where that sits. Uh, it's it's way between my knowledge, and I know that Nashville is not part of it. So once again, as I've said about six times today now, is FFS. And Earl has left the chat. Thank you very much, Earl. We'll talk to you next week. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how U.S. soccer handles this. I mean, there's really no precedent for it other than to go back and say, okay, well, Atlanta United is technically still the defending champion, but we haven't played the tournament in two years, so maybe they give it to them. Or I think they, I think what they need to do is go off of the 21 MLS results in some way. You know, whether it obviously supporter shield winner gets in there automatically, uh, the MLS cup champion gets in there some, uh, automatically. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't think Atlanta deserves to be in it. Give it to the MLS backed is tournament. I say give it to the MLS is back tournament winner. Do they? Yeah, I think the I think the, uh, the MLS's back tournament winner automatically gets in there. I mean, I could be. I have to look it up. I could be wrong, but uh, Harry in the chat, I think, and others have said, do a round robin between champions of NISA, USLC, USL League One, and top MLS team not in a Concacaf. That could be an interesting take. That could be an interesting format. I don't think. I, I still think it heavily favors MLS. I mean, granted, you know, Open Cup always does, but you know, it, it, it's hard to say. Not an MLS spot. Yeah, that is correct. It's not a guaranteed MLS spot. So, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe give it to, maybe give it to the 2021 uh, USL champions. I don't know. Like, I have no good answer for this, I, but I don't think Atlanta United deserves to be in it again next year. 
I really don't. My question just, is this. Just give it to Nashville. My question is this. Um, unless Philadelphia Union can win it this year, uh, an MLS team has not won it, so who cares? Just put another league AMX, AMX team in there or, or, uh, or throw in the USL championship team just to see what they can do. Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. It, the top USL team or the top MLS teams are going to get it anyways. So this last spot is going to be for if they do it any way, shape, or form by the 2021 MLS standings, it's going to be a team that probably isn't going to make a deep run in it anyways. So I, I say, why not give it to a USL championship team and see what they can do just for shits and giggles. If you have, if that's the way you went, if that's the way they go, if they go the USL championship route, if not counting, like whoever wins the league this year, we're just, we're not even thinking that far ahead yet. We don't know who's going to win the league based on what we've seen so far. What club in the USL championship do you think would deserve that spot? Oh, you're really going to make me say Phoenix, aren't you? <laughs> no, um, I'm not going to make you say I, Phoenix. I think that's that's the answer, though, is is Phoenix. And who is it then? Loose City. Loose City, okay. I mean, maybe, but if you look at the table right now, Phoenix is above Loose City. If you look at last year, Phoenix made it to the cup final that they couldn't play because Tampa Bay um, is so if, if we're just going off of what we know right now, I don't know how it's not Phoenix. I would personally say, give it to the cup champion this year. Whoever wins in the playoffs um, should make it. I, 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 I lean that way more so than the supporter shield winner because the winner of the cup playoffs has that single game elimination experience fought through that and and came out on top so that's going to be more needed in in something like uh, the CCL so just do that call it a day and uh, it probably won't matter at the end of the day anyways yeah and Harry is Harry in the chat you know uh, Garber would never give the USL spot no absolutely not Garber would not want to cede that amount of power to the USL championship. And I don't think U.S. soccer would either um, because USL soccer is, you know, is all about the MLS and giving MLS the competitive advantage whenever they can. Uh, Phoenix or Rowdies, yeah, I, I would love to see the Rowdies, you know, just because fuck Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I think Rowdies would be fantastic to watch. Lou City would be fun to watch. Uh, Lou City is going to be fun to watch when we, when we play them here in a, in a, in a few weeks. That's going to be interesting to see, but I don't know. U.S. Soccer's got a big decision on how they handle that, how they handle that spot, and I just don't know that there's an easy answer. I lied. Uh, Phoenix and Lucity are actually tied on points, but Phoenix has a game in hand. So, um, yeah, there's not a simple answer, and so it, it's what it's probably going to be is the top finishing team that isn't already in it from the MLS because that's. That's what they would do. That's what makes the most money for them. So um, it sucks. I'd like to see, I honestly would like to see a Phoenix or a, a Tampa Bay or a Loose City or, or somebody along those lines get a chance just to see how we stack up. Um, but 
like you guys said, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see no matter what happens. Hopefully we get an announcement here in the next couple of days as far as what happens with that slot. Um, but, you know, no matter what happens, I think I think it's fair to say that Champions League is. It is what it is. I It's going to be hard to see an MLS club or anyone outside of Liga Emekis ever win that. Uh, so, you know. It is what it is. Uh, I mean, I'll still watch it as much as I can, given that it's broadcast, you know, on like obscure channels. But uh, anyway, let's get on into our USL discussion. Uh, first, a little bit of news that came out today. Kalen Ryden voted to Team of the Week. So congratulations to Kalen for that. Uh, two great performances last week and excited for him. Glad to see him returning to form after uh, after a tough Friday night, which we got to talk to him about and we talked about on the show last week. So congratulations to him. Also, the club announced today that they are extending their partnership with REDW um, uh, for another, through, I think the, through the 2023 season, I think is what I read. Uh, REDW, of course, is the sponsor for the uh, substitutions. So uh, big news there. Could New Mexico United host if they were the team? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, they, they couldn't um, because of the arrangement with uh well i you know what given the timing of of when it happened i i think it would fall outside of the isotopes schedule in terms of champions league um i don't think they would bring a club to a baseball stadium though so they would probably make us play it at UNM soccer complex, which just doesn't hold enough people for their their uh, qualifications. So my guess, I, I don't know for sure, but my guess would be a big fat no until we get our own stadium. Hopefully, another place that they could possibly another place they could possibly throw it is at the Nusenda Stadium on the west side. Yeah, I still don't think that holds enough, though. Uh, I think for CONCACAF Champions League, you'd have to hold uh, probably more than Isotopes even holds, uh, upwards of like 20,000 at least. So, and, and I mean, it depends on who we play. We might play, um, you know, a, a team from from Panama or something like that or wherever else these teams come from, honestly, who I don't, I can't keep up with everybody except for, the Mexican league and our league. So that's, that's all I pay attention to because that's all that ever actually comes out of it. But maybe we get somebody that, that uh, wouldn't draw that well and they wouldn't need as many seats. But even then you're looking, I mean, what is, what does the soccer complex hold? Like 7,000, probably 8,000. I think it's like six. Yeah. And then new I think might hold a little bit more than that, but not much, probably about the same. So uh, it, it just won't happen until we get our own stadium, just like in the, uh, in the USL open Cup or in the, in the U S open cup, uh, we, we won't host home games for that until we get our own stadium would be my guess. Since that first year we didn't host any, uh, we just, we just don't have a chance. Uh, we don't have, don't have the seating capacity in, in other stadiums and our one stadium that can hold 15,000 is a baseball stadium. And, uh, until we resolve that, it's just not going to happen. Uh, what about New Mexico University? Yeah, the, the problem with that is the turf. Yeah, it, it's 
it's turf and they will not allow us to host uh, one of those competitions on a turf field with, and, and it's got the, the permanent New Mexico university of New Mexico stadium decals on it and the football stadium. So it's so like, if you watched Indianapolis last year or the year before playing at uh, Lucas oil stadium, uh, it would be similar to that. And they don't want that for, for the open cup. Yeah, it's just not a great look. And tearing um, it up is now not an option because they just spent like $3 million on re- renovations just yeah, on the they, turf alone. Yeah, they did a massive overhaul on the new new uh, logo and everything out there, new decals, whatever it is. It does look really nice. It though. does. I, admittedly, it does. But yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I have a hard enough time watching Indy play it's at a, Lucas Oil. I can yeah. imagine playing. I mean, don't well, get me not, wrong. We could, they're not playing there this year. No, they're not. But I mean, you, I mean, you could get a good crowd at a university stadium, but I just don't want to see that. And I don't want to play on turf. Like we talked about, I hate playing on turf. Like I hate going to Salt Lake and some of these other places and seeing the ball, you know, bounce twenty five feet. Awkwardly, in the air. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate seeing that. Admittedly, we playing on the baseball field is not great as at by any stretch of the imagination. But like, when balls are bouncing thirty feet in the air, like and there's seventy five percent of the baseball stadium though. Yeah, at least our baseball stadium is pristine. Yeah. Like the Isotopes groundskeepers do a great job in the outfield and the infield grass. Uh, it looks it looks beautiful, but the infield uh, is rough. I'm, I'm assuming, Harry, that you're talking about Colorado Springs, um, the new stadium up by 25. And I mean, technically that's an option. And we did have a home game there last year, but no. Nah. I think they would just rather. I think the team would just rather travel to Charleston or Minnesota or whatever, and, and do it that way than than have to travel anyways and and host somebody in a different state. Yeah, that's always that's always tough. And you know, again, we you know, I know the club appreciates and the fans uh, appreciate you know. Colorado Springs being open to that last season and allowing the Mexico United supporters to come in and basically take it over uh, for a weekend, which is, which is fantastic. So um, back to USL championship news, New Mexico United, uh, two more nominee, uh, two more honors for the club last week, Alex Tambacas save of the week and Michael zero goal of the week. Uh, and I, I know that people give us a lot of crap uh, in terms of when it comes to the, the voting on these things. And I'd love to see Harry's take on this. Um, but Maybe is it just me or is the Mex did the Mexico United supporter just turn out and vote more or in, in larger quantities than the than other supporters? Well, you, well, you see, Seth, uh, we have more fans than all of the other USL teams. So all it takes is all of us fans to vote once, and and it almost the only thing I will say about that though is that I do think everybody gangs up on us. Uh, so if, if there is a clear standout other than ours, I think everybody tries to vote for it just to screw us and they still usually can't. So, uh, I, I think it's that. And then I think we have some crazy fans. I think there's fans out there that vote five times a day, if not more, um, from the moment they're announced to the moment it closes, there's. They they just constantly vote and uh, that helps with the numbers. I did notice that the USL championship took down the usually when you vote, uh, it shows you what percentage uh, 
what the percentage of the votes were broken down by who has what, and they stopped doing that. So now we don't know if we're winning or not. And Harry, you have to understand that uh, most New Mexico United fans don't know anything about the USL championship before we came to it. So we don't know what that means. I have ideas of it, uh, but you will have to explain that when you come on the podcast next. And Earl with the uh, new sound. Thank you, Earl. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So what well, I'm trying to get a drink of out. my Fresca. I appreciate that. Yeah. Stay hydrated, my friend. There you go. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did. Uh, you know, team, uh, honors going out for New Mexico United last week. And, you know, it's always good to see, especially when players perform well. Uh, Kalen, of course, rebounding from, uh, from a really poor week the week before. So always good to see. But we've got some exciting matches coming up uh, this weekend. First up, we do have San Antonio. Uh, another away day for New Mexico United. A midweek, a Wednesday, which to me is kind of weird. I would love to see San Antonio on like on a Saturday to get out there and have, actually have a chance to get out travel and get out there. I know we have a lot of folks that are going down tomorrow night. Um, but and I know I saw Harry talking about this on Twitter. Um, like, why is why are all these San Antonio matches midweeks, or you know, are they on the weird nights? Like, it's for a matchup like this, like two of the, in my opinion, two of the better clubs in the Mountain Division. Why do these keep popping up on Wednesdays? Because it's on ESPN two, so it's a way to hype up. Because like you just said it, it's uh, two of the better teams in the division. So it's an automatic draw for ESPN2, I guess, unless you don't have ESPN2. You guys are, are sucking up because Harry's in the chat. Uh, I don't think San Antonio FC is one of the better clubs in, in the Mountain Division. I I think they're, they're bad so far this year. Uh, they might turn it around. Um, like Harry mentioned in the chat earlier that they got a uh, PC back who is – uh, San Antonio's version of Yuma, but um, I, I just haven't been impressed. Even even last week when they beat Colorado Springs, I wasn't impressed. Uh, I thought the PK one of the PKs was very soft, and and then they they looked fine. Um, it just I, th- I think I think I have no idea why they're on all on Wednesday nights. That's just a weird scheduling quirk, but I do dis- I do agree that it kind of sucks because I would love to get out there. Uh, in fact, my aunt uh, is out there right now in San Antonio, and uh, not for the United game. I don't even think she knows what United is, but um, I would like to go visit and and take my family and and walk around and and look around and see a bunch of things. But as well as go to a game, but that will have to wait till next year because. I can't take off work on Wednesday just to go to a soccer game. Yeah, that's what that's what's rough about these schedules is that you, the USL wants clubs and their supporters to travel. They want them to get out there, and I think it's great that we have so many clubs close close enough that people can travel. But yeah, Wednesday night matches, Monday night matches, like it's it's a great optic to see football on different nights. But in terms of traveling and being and go, you know being an away supporter, like it just doesn't make sense. So I got I to gotta take my words back a while ago. Um, and no, I wasn't sucking up to Harry in the chat. <laughs> um, I legit thought 
that San Antonio is higher up on the table, like closer to New Mexico, right with Austin? I guess not. I was I was completely wrong. So once again, I'm just gonna shut up and act like I know what I'm doing. Uh, when in reality, I don't. Well, it's to me, it's not even so much about the the points. I mean, they're they're in the ballpark. They'll they'll probably be fighting for a playoff spot, but they just they just haven't looked good to me when we played them. Any time that I've watched them, uh, I mean, they had aside from that win uh, Saturday, I think it was against Colorado Springs. Yeah, Saturday because it was it was a noon game. Um, I think they had had like. Five or six winless, um, with a crapload of one-one draws, uh, the loss to us. Um, they just they haven't been inspiring, and I and I I would love to get Harry's take on it. I wish he could actually had a microphone right now and could talk, but we'll have to get him on later when he maybe they've turned it around by then, maybe not. But uh, I can't imagine that he is happy with how the season has gone so far, and uh, and I don't blame him because I would be very disappointed as well. Yeah, and three matches against Colorado Springs, San Antonio has has put up seven goals against them. So they figured out something about Colorado Springs that other teams just haven't seemed to have done yet. And I really, yeah, I really want to see, you talk about the soft penalty, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the their third goal. Um, yes. Okay. Um, this is going to, and I, I know Earl is there. He's listening I found a take on Twitter and I was surprised to find myself agreeing with it. And that was of Logan Ketterer. Uh, Logan Ketterer tweeted out a, a replay of that penalty call. And he said that VAR need to be back in the league. And I, I absolutely agree. It, it, that third one was not a penalty. Like the keeper came out, he made a play on the ball, deflected the ball away. And then you see, um, I'm trying to remember uh, the name of the San Antonio player that went down. That was not a penalty. And I just, I'm absolutely shocked by how poor some of these decisions have been. And I just, I don't think they deserve that one there. Yeah, I I agree completely. I'm kind of curious to see if VAR would be implemented without making it mandatory for better camera angles. Um, to me, I'm kind of like, you know what? Just just do it with what we have and give the referees access to the camera angles that we have right now and, and, and see if they can change it then. Because I can tell you right now, with the camera angles that we have, that one would have been overturned. The... Red card against Loudon for Yearwood would have been overturned. The handball against Loudon would have been overturned. All of, there's a there's a bunch of missed calls that will be would be overturned with what we have now, as far as camera angles go. And so I think that I think that it I wouldn't be opposed. I know a lot of people. I know VAR is a sensitive subject for a lot of people, but uh, at the end of the day, I want the call made right. And I think there's a way to do that and come to a conclusion quickly and not really, really disrupt the flow of the game. Um, and and like I said, at the end of the day, you know, that Loudon match, 
probably a completely different outcome. The the U or the SAFC and Colorado Springs match from this weekend, maybe a different outcome. Um, but but don't rob the players of that chance. Oh, Harry, Harry, it wouldn't have been overturned. There wasn't enough there. He mentioned last year's uh, playoff match against them and Weehan's uh, possible handball um, before right before his goal. I, I have yet to see a definitive angle of that play that shows he legitimately touched it. Um, and and that's not me coming at it as a New Mexico United fan. Obviously, the wall behind me, the kid on my on my body right now. Um, but I, I looked at it as, as a unbiased observer as many times as I possibly could. And, and I don't know. I just don't. So I don't think it would have been overturned. Maybe who knows y'all still had 120 minutes to try to score a goal and you couldn't. So I don't want to, don't want to hear too much crying about it. Uh, yeah. To Harry's point in chat, um, San Antonio having a lot of injuries. Yeah. You know, he mentioned PC coming back. Um, and so that's definitely going to help strengthen uh, the San Antonio side. And it's going to make it a little bit harder to play against them. You know, I thought the last time out the Mexico United did pretty well of avoiding allowing San Antonio to use their size to their advantage. Um, and I'm really kind of surprised that against some of these other clubs that San Antonio size really hasn't played more to their favor. And so, you know, I think that's something that United tries to avoid again tomorrow night. Uh, you know, again, avoiding the the high crosses. You know, instead of playing you know low and through the through the box and you know shooting from outside, trying to negate that um, that effect. But you know, it's I, I thought San Antonio looked better on Saturday. Uh, again, PC that does make a huge difference. Uh, I think um, if San Antonio can look, I still want the, I still want to see them a little bit more threatening in the final third. But I definitely think they have they looked better against Colorado Springs. I'll agree that they looked better. I just still don't think they looked great. I don't think they looked like the San Antonio that we thought they were going to be coming into this season. And um, you know, I that is one thing that I've noticed that that uh, you can follow the USL rather closely and still miss uh, impact. Uh, of injuries on other clubs so as I mean Harry's uh, picture profile picture on everything that I've seen Harry on is a San Antonio FC logo so I will leave it to him to be the the master the the knowing all knowing person for that club and say that uh, um he knows better than I do, obviously. So maybe it is just injuries, but they just haven't looked better. They just haven't looked good to me this year. Uh, so hopefully we see a closer match. Uh, I, I think we had like 72% of the possession uh, the last match here at here in New Mexico. So uh, Harry did say that it, he, they played its worst game of the season against New Mexico United, and they play much better at home. So we will... We'll see. I mean, we know that that they have struggled in New Mexico. Uh, they we are, we played them on this night right here. 
uh, May 5th of 2019 and beat them 3-0. Um, and then we went to San Antonio later that year and got spanked 5-1, uh, 6-1. 5-1, I think. 5-1, something like that. It was it was a very bad game. So so we know that going there is a, is a much different beast than playing them here. So hopefully they... Uh, I think it'll be. I, w- I do think it'll be a closer match, and, and I'm excited for it. So we'll see what happens. Right, so I have breaking news, and I'm pretty sure we're the first one to break it. But the Milwaukee Bucks just won the NBA title. Who are the Bucks? Ooh, Milwaukee I Bucks guess. just won the NBA title. All right. Well, my prediction there was wrong. So yeah, I'm relatively sure both of all of us said Phoenix in four or five. Well, Earl said four. I know that for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Seth said five, and I said five. So we obviously know nothing about basketball. Uh, we probably don't know much about soccer either. But hey, um, congratulations! I I think Giannis Giannis went supernova. I don't know what he did tonight because I didn't watch it tonight, but. Uh, I know leading up to this game, he had gone supernova, and and that's basically why they won. Is the second year player, second year, third year, Aiden? I don't know. I think he's second year. Um, just just couldn't couldn't contain him, and that's what happens when you have one of the best players in the league, and he turns on turns into this unstoppable force in the playoffs. You end up winning the title. Earl, what are you, what are your thoughts um, ahead of tomorrow night's match against San Antonio? What are you looking for out of, out of both teams? Uh, I'm Harry. You're gonna hate me, but I'm hoping that uh, PC gets struck by lightning three times. Um, I'm hoping we win, obviously. Um, and I would not mind once again if PC got struck by lightning. Okay, well, I don't think that exactly, you know, uh, correlates to play on the pitch. Um, but given that it is monsoon season, there is a chance of, of lightning striking somewhere. Um, but, I mean, what do you what do you see United doing? What do you see Troy throwing out there? Do you see him sticking with, you know, maybe the 3-4-3 like we've been seeing? Or do you think we go back to more like the 3-5-2? Um, without giving away my lineup... I think we go back to three five two, just because that's what beat San Antonio in the first place, and that's what seemed to be working when we went on that run for a while. Um, on that whatever stretch we had, three game win streak, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I see us going back to three five two. Jacob, what do you think we need to do? Uh, where do you think is where do you think are going to be the key areas um, tomorrow night? in terms of uh, what we need to do to slow down San Antonio on their home pitch? Well, we just can't make stupid mistakes. Uh, it it sounds simple. Uh, it, it really does. But if you look at the goals that we've given up the last three weeks, the overwhelming majority of them have come directly off of mistakes made by either our midfield or our back line. Uh, such as the Haji Berry little goal that Kevin Ryden just basically passed it 
right to Colorado Springs. Um, so if we can limit those, we've proven that we are very, very tough to score on. So, and, and I like what Harry said here. So he, he talks about uh, a little bit about what he's expecting, but he says for San Antonio, they will get chances. They just have to convert them. And that was exactly what I was going to say about United. Um, our chances have been there all season. We just can't put the ball in the back of the net consistently. So um, looking for the back line in the midfield just not to make mistakes, and that will surely give chances to who's ever playing up front. We do know that Brian Brown and Harry Swartz are going to miss another game. Um, Peter Troy talked about it in a press conference today on Zoom that I was able to, to listen to. And um, so, so they won't be there, but you'll still have Sandoval. You'll still have Illich. Uh, Amando is obviously still out with El Salvador. Uh, congratulations to them for moving on to the knockout round. I wish he was coming back sooner, but um, it is great to see him get in the game, get in these games and, and make a difference. He came on against Mexico and, and really kind of changed the way El Salvador looked and, and, um, and they couldn't get the, couldn't quite get the goal, but, but they did look good. So I, uh, I know we're going to be shorthanded, but there will still be people there that can, that should be able to finish. And, and I expect will at least a couple times. I, I, I definitely don't think it's a shutout for either team. And, um, and I think that, if we can just play how we've played the last two matches, we will be in pretty good shape. Uh, maybe not so much the Colorado Springs match, but for sure the Charleston match. And uh, and I hope that hope that we can come out on top. All right. So uh, Courtney Harry, uh, Patino is going to be out for San Antonio tomorrow night. Uh, I don't think, if I remember correctly, he didn't play in the first match either, but he was suspended at that point. Um, so, and, and you know, uh, San Antonio wants to play a wide cross it in. And, you know, that's something that we saw Charleston and Colorado Springs both, they both like to do. And United made some adjustments prior to those matches and did a lot better at covering those wide areas uh, than they did uh, before that. So hopefully United can, can, can continue to do that and uh, limit those chances there. But yeah, I mean, and we talked about last time, the San Antonio has a huge size advantage over New Mexico United. I mean, most of our guys are, you know, right around six foot, you know, I think, uh, Charles is maybe a six, two, six, three. So, and, uh, looking at the size of some of those guys for San Antonio, like, like Schoberg and some of the others, I mean, you know, playing out wide, playing that cross in is definitely going to be an area that they can take advantage of United. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how tomorrow night plays out, uh, down in San Antonio. Hopefully United can go out there and play well. Um, I, I don't see us changing too much from the three five two or the three four three, uh, however you want to run it. Now, obviously, with the injury to Sam, um, there are going to be some. For I think there are going to be some differences in, in how we play exactly. Um, and I don't. And, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have guys pop up. You know, we're gonna see the academy kids probably in the lineup again tomorrow night. But I don't think this is the opportunity for for them to get in there uh, against a team like San Antonio. I mean. You know, I, I love seeing Christian Nava out there. I love seeing uh, Zarate out there, but I don't see them getting run against the 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 size uh, from San Antonio. Um, and that, you know, I'm gonna keep saying that. You know, I, that's somewhere that United has never been great at. We've never necessarily signed a a, a, a larger in stature player. 
And so that's always been a, a negative for United and something that they have to adapt and, and plan for. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I can't wait. Uh, again, you know, PC's back. Uh, San Antonio, I think they, you know, beginning of the season, they were one of my teams to watch. I think they were one of the teams for all of us to watch. We all thought they were going to finish in the top four um, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, a tough match for United. That's all I always is going away. And uh, so, all right, let's go around the table. Let's get our scoreline predictions for Wednesday night against San Antonio. Jacob, start us off this week. Well, the, the scoreline that we have seen the most this year is 3-1, um, one way or another. So I'm going to go 3-1, and I, I will go New Mexico United. Um, I think it's a very close match. I think it's uh, it's 2-1 to one for most of the match, uh, or I should say it's it's 2-1 to one towards the end of the match, and then we'll, we get a late goal to add just a little bit of separation like we have uh, in several matches before. So... Uh, 3-1 United. All right, Earl? 2-1. Who? United. 2-1 United, okay. We got 3-1 United, 2-1 United. It's tough. I mean, it's always tough calling these games, and obviously you know, we've been called out on, on our predictions, uh, especially <laughs> over on Facebook. Shout out, Jerry. Uh, yeah, shout out to, to Jerry, uh, who decided to take one of my predictions against El Paso and think I was like Benny Hill or something. So, uh, you know, we do this for fun. You know, we look at the clubs, we, we make our predictions based on what we see and what we think is going to happen. Obviously, we're not always going to be right. Um, San Antonio is a tough match. They're a tough home club. They've got size. Uh, they've got some really talented players. I'm going to say 2-1 San Antonio. I don't think we get the third win in a row here. I, I really don't. I think San Antonio um, plays well. I think they're going to bring it, take it to us, and I think they're they're going to get a late winner. This kissing Harry's ass while he's in the <laughs> chat has to stop. I don't know why kissing Harry's ass. I think it, you know, again. So actually, like- Harry, I did ask Harry what his prediction was, and he said, "I think this will be one of the biggest crowds this year with the USL headquarters in town." So I think three one San Antonio. I don't understand your reasoning there, Harry. Uh, it sounds like you're saying it's a big crowd, so San Antonio will be better. Um, I don't think San Antonio knows how to perform in front of a big crowd. I think we uh, shown that when they came to New Mexico United uh, back earlier in the season. So um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to say you're you're for sure going to be wrong because uh, you never really know. And United has struggled on the road so far this year. Um, so I mean, they started off they started off pretty strong. Um, aside from the one 0 loss to RGV, which looks better and better by the year or by the by the week now. But um, you just made know. Jacob lose his thought. No, I still have it. Uh, just I was letting him finish before I got even more distracted. Um, so playing, on mute. oh yeah okay with us playing rough on the road uh lately anyways you never know what's going to happen but i i do think that uh that new mexico is the better club right now i i understand pc came back and and uh, it was a big boost for you guys uh 
but I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just haven't been impressed. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. United definitely has to find a way to play better on the road. They are two, four and one on the road so far this season. And San Antonio at home is two, one and three at home. So, uh, they are definitely doing better at home than they are on the road. And United, obviously, the, the road warriors from the 2020 season are not doing as well on the road so far. Got to turn that around. Um, even if you even if you can get a point on the road, that's always a positive for a club. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for our San Antonio preview and discussion for this week. Uh, we'll check back in with Harry throughout uh, tomorrow night and afterwards to see how our predictions went. And we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on this match. Uh, I... I th- I think San Antonio is a lot better than what they've shown so far this year. Uh, once they get past their injury issues, I think we will see San Antonio in the, in the top four. I really think that. Who drops out though? Um, Colorado. Colorado's not in the top four currently. Well, I, I, Colorado has been Colorado is one of those teams that they've been in there. They've been playing well. Um, so I think they drop out. I don't expect Austin to finish in the top four. So that's why I'm saying Colorado. I expect Colorado to be ahead of Austin uh, by the time the playoffs come around. So I think uh, Colorado and Austin miss out, and San Antonio is going to be in that four. Um, Because, I mean, with the way RGV is playing, I just don't see them falling out right now. I mean, if they. No, RGV is legit. They're not. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, I thought maybe they were going to slide down a little bit, but their last three have been win, draw, win. Uh, including a a strong strong two nothing win against Orange County, who had been on fire, and a three two win over El Paso. So um, they're not going anywhere for sure. I don't know, man. I think I I think personally, uh, unless we can turn it around on the road, uh, I think United, Austin, Colorado Springs, and and possibly San Antonio, if they can get healthy and actually look better than than what I have seen so far. Those four teams are going to be fighting real hard for those last two spots. Um, maybe I, I mean I obviously I think New Mexico United has the potential to to kind of take off and distance themselves, but um, I've thought that for a while and and they they tend to not do what I think they are capable of. So unless we can start to distance ourselves and and two points or three points tomorrow would go a long way towards helping us out there. Um, those four teams all, all are pretty even to me. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be shocked if San Antonio's in, in the playoffs, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they miss by, I, I, I'd be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they finish second to last in the group either. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, still a long, long way to go. Around 20 matches, give or take, for each of the clubs. Uh, El Paso, of course, still does have two matches in hand over the next uh, two clubs, but following them in the in the standings, which, I mean, the whole staggered start to the season really just boggles my mind. I don't like, at this point, you know, being, you know, 13 matches in, and you still got clubs with, you know, two matches in hand, you know, other than for no reason other than the fact that, you know, they, their season started at a different time, which to me is odd still um unless you're unless you're oakland and then you have like 17 matches in hand yeah, because you don't have anywhere to play right there yeah i feel bad for oakland man like they came in and things were look, look super exciting for them to start the season and now they've had all these issues and 
I don't know how they were, how they'd recover from that. You know, hopefully they get their stuff together by the end of the season. And then year two is a lot better for Oakland. But uh, anyway, El Paso, uh, El Paso, the first time in set after first time in eight matches that United has played El Paso at home after spending all of last season on the road, obviously in the first two matches of this year down in El Paso against them. Uh, you know, this has always been a tough matchup. This is, you know, we talked, we've talked about, you know, this has become the, the rivalry in my mind, uh, New Mexico United and El Paso. And I know you guys have always been kind of always been on that bandwagon there. Um, El Paso is coming off a one nil win over Las Vegas lights and a three, one win. I mean, they won, let's see, they won three in a row since losing to RGV. And, uh, I mean, they're looking good. They finally suffered their first loss, um, a few weeks ago to RGV and El Paso comes in with a week's worth of rest. We're going to have three days rest on this one, and which is not something I like to see at any point, but especially against El Paso. Um, you know, they're a tough physical club and they're coming in riding high top of the group. And again, this is going to be one of those really tough matchups, but it is at the lab, which is, which is a good thing to see. Um, so what do you guys think about this matchup on Saturday night? Uh, El Paso finally coming to town. Uh, I'm thinking one nil. We're already throwing out <laughs> scorelines. Uh, um, that's what that is. Uh, to get going, and that's why I was throwing that out there. <laughs> well, well, I think we can. Me and Earl at least can agree. Uh, FEP, uh, for one, and um, two. Yeah, I think it's. If you look at past, I don't know how much you can take past performance in this into consideration when you remember that we have not played them in New Mexico since a three nil drubbing uh, back in 2019 here. And uh, now that wasn't against Ketterer. Uh, I'm glad that Ben Bowery got a, a start before he faced uh, before they faced us, which means he probably will not get this start. Um, we will see Ketterer. I would I would rather see Ketterer than than Ben, just because I don't want to um, have to face somebody that we've we've played before or that we've had on our team before. So uh, I I think that it's obviously going to be tough. It's obviously going to be physical. I don't think we lose. Um, I think we come out of there with a W, and and um, it, it's going to be a tough match. It's going to be hard fought, obviously, and and I'm excited for it. But Earl says he's got to get out of here because he's an old man and has to get up early. Um, so, Earl, do you have any I have parting to leave words? Leave my house at five forty-five. Uh, no, so I have not really much to say other than FIP. Um, Harry, it was great having you. Maybe next time you'll actually join us in camera. Um, great conversations, but FIP. <laughs> All right, Earl, thanks so much for being here tonight. We will talk to you uh, next week. Well, throughout the week anyway, but uh, we'll see you back on the podcast next week. So, Earl's being such a responsible adult. It's boring. I know, right? So there we go. Uh, so Jacob, you and I are going to close out this show here. Uh, you are correct. The last time New Mexico and El Paso played in Albuquerque, it was a 3-0 win. And that was way back on July 31st, 2019. So it has been almost two years mm-hmm. to the day that El Paso has been here in town. 
And a lot's changed since then uh, for both sides. Uh, we obviously still have a lot of the same players. So they've got a few of the a few folks are still the same. Yuma, of course, with his punchable face. And uh, it is unfortunate to see, you know, Ben Bowery over there. You know, glad that he's, he, he got picked up somewhere, obviously, you know. So good for Ben. Uh, I'm glad to see that. But, um, yeah, definitely don't want to face off against him Saturday night. And, I mean, looking back at the last two matches this year, I mean, again, tough physical affairs um you know we didn't necessarily play all that well in either of them um in my opinion so i think that you know if we don't get the win wednesday night at san antonio saturday night is gonna be a big night for united and not only in terms of um you know confidence on the pitch but also where things are going to shake out in the standings i mean Losing to, you know, if we lose to San Antonio, who below us on the table currently, and losing to Santa, losing to El Paso, who still ha- who would, who will at that point have three matches in hand on us. You know, you, you can't be give, dropping points to the clubs that have matches in hand. And so that's going to be tough, man. I, I mean, I, we said at the beginning of the season, like the Mountain Division is probably one of the toughest ones out there. And I think that's played out the, the way that we expected. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there anything that you see us doing to slow down what El Paso has been doing on this run they're on? Well, I kind of kind of like what you said, and, and I have to disagree. I mean, we we had the lead on them in the sixth minute of second-half stoppage time and probably should have walked away with three points right then uh, if not for a spectacular play by a couple of their players to get a goal. And then... If you take out a three-minute stretch um, of the last match, I feel like we were the better club. So, you mean like a ninety-second stretch? Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, you know, we just we made mental errors in that second match that led directly to two goals. Um, not gonna point any names, uh, Juan Pablo Guzman, uh, <clears throat> um, but just we can't. We can't do that. And while we have not played perfectly at home either, I, I think that the Charleston match was was our cleanest match that we've had in a long time. Um, and and I hope we can continue that. And if we can continue that, then if you compare cleaning up our passes and, and limiting turnovers and mistakes with playing at home um, – and if we could have Brian Brown and Harry Sports back, which uh, Troy said isn't for sure, but uh, definitely a possibility, then um, then you then you're looking at a formula that could equal equal a win, maybe even a resounding win um, here at the lab on Saturday night. So, so I think if we just go out and play how I know we're capable of playing, and and you know, we were we were at the lab for I, I guess it was Friday night against Carlos Springs, and and Josh Suggs said that they're not going to be bullied anymore. Um, so so expect cards, uh, maybe even some red cards. I don't know. It, it's going to be a chippy match, but as long as we can limit mistakes with the ball in play, and um, and make sure we can find the back of the net, then, then I don't see how we don't walk out of there with a win. And 
and I, I think I think that I'm a little more worried about tomorrow night just because with that looming El Paso match being at home three days later, uh, tomorrow night could be one of those classic overlooked games where where we're too focused on the El Paso match and and we let this this one on Wednesday night get by. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. I I I think we will beat San Antonio. Obviously, like I said earlier, um, and if we can take care of business in these two games and get on a on a at least get a draw tomorrow, then then a four game unbeaten streak, having faced San Antonio, El Paso, Colorado Springs, all of those in division rivals. Um, That'll be a huge confidence boost and and huge for the standings. I mean, like you said, if if we drop points, the next two matches, um, you know, we're going to be in a dogfight for the rest of the year. I think so. Uh, we really need to take these two opportunities and and separate ourselves from the Austins and Colorado Springses and San Antonios for that matter. And and um, I, I I think we do it, but I also thought we would have a five game win streak earlier that didn't happen because the loud in, I, I didn't think we would go over three on the road um, a couple weeks ago. So, so I obviously am not the, the be all end all. You, you mentioned earlier that we wouldn't get all of our predictions, right? Uh, I think that's obvious. Cause I think if we did, most of us would, most of the teams uh, or New Mexico United anyways would go what 32, 30, 30 and 30. Oh, and two probably, uh, if we all got all our predictions right, so um, it's it's a it's an interesting four days coming up, and uh, I can't wait to be with you guys Saturday at the lab for that El Paso match. I think it's going to be um, an electric atmosphere. No matter how many tickets they sell, uh, with just El Paso being in, I think it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight, and I and I can't wait for it. Yeah, El Paso is always fun. Uh, they're always physical matches. There's always some back and forth. We've had 10 yellow cards to two matches with them so far this season. The first one had six, second had four. I mean, not quite the the amount of chippiness as we saw during the first two seasons, but it is still there. There is no love lost between these two clubs. And, you know, it's mental mistakes. And that's what's doomed us, you know, quite a bit so far this season is those mental errors, making mistakes, particularly in the defensive third um, and putting ourselves, you know, in, in poor positions and allowing goals from from those areas. And we can't do that, not against any, well, really any team, but especially a team like El Paso, who is able to take advantage of those. And we saw that with, with Dylan Mara's last time out. So um, it's going to be close. It's going to be a close match. And, you know, I don't. No, I know Earl gave his prediction earlier on the scoreline. I'm going to go two one us um, Saturday night. I think we, uh, you know, after hearing what the guys have said and what Troy said, you know, after the uh, Colorado Springs match, um, you know, I don't think they're take take crap for anybody. I think they know what, what's expected of them, what they have to do in order to walk away with three points every single week, and you know, they've got to show that against the Club of El Paso. I mean, three points Saturday night is going to make a huge difference. Um, in, in terms of how it looks, you know, with El Paso still having matches in hand um, and where things could end up at the end of the season. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's probably as close to a must-win match as there can be 
before we're even halfway through the season. Um, but I, I, I do think that it's it's a very important match. It's one that um, I'm sure some of the players, they probably won't tell you. Troy definitely won't tell you, but I'm sure the team has had this one scheduled or circled on the schedule for a while. And um, and I, I expect I expect some fireworks on the pitch, um, whether that be goals, uh, fisticuffs, as they would say back in the day, uh, something. Uh, there's It's going to be an interesting match. And um, I struggled with how I how I thought it would actually go and what the scoreline would, would officially be. But I, I think 2 ones probably more likely. But uh, I, I will go 2-0. Um, I, I think we, we already should have shut him out once. If it wasn't for two mistakes, we'd have shut him out again. Um, so I, I, think we, I think we can get a shutout. I think we can get a couple goals on the board uh, and withstand um, – their pressure maybe maybe it's like one nil going into like the 70th minute uh and they're really pushing really pushing and and we uh we counter or or have a little spell of possession and find a goal off a set piece or something and and break their spirits and and then we can see the game out from there um yeah i i I think it's gonna be a good one uh quick question for you seth how many set piece goals did we have in year one um, I think it was like single digit goals, probably somewhere around like five or six. It was five. Okay. Um, and that's 34 matches. Uh, we had five set piece goals and two of them were happy accidents. I would say, um, one ping ponged around and, and found Santi wide open on the back post, and and he buried it because he was wide open. Uh, and then one, um, I think it was Schmidt headed it towards goal. I think it was a shot attempt, uh, or at least it was meant to be. But uh, Sandoval happened to be there and got a toe on it and poked it past the keeper. Whereas this year we have had four. Uh, I that seems wrong, actually. I. I now I am second guessing myself, but I know of, I know of four at least. Um, we have the beautiful Suggs Guzman dummy uh, against Colorado Springs. We had um, the Kalen Ryden header against Charleston. We had a zero's goal. We've had two free kicks. So that's actually five right there. Um, we've had two got, free kick goals. You got cellos, you got Bryan's, you got mm-hmm. uh, Azira and um, Ryden. Riding. Suggs, yeah, Suggs, um, and 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 technically, actually, um, the Sergio Rivas goal, the first one against Colorado Springs, was on a set piece. It was a, a free kick from probably forty yards out. Uh, Suggs tapped it to Brucey. Brucey stopped it. Suggs sent it to the back post. Ryden got a piece of it, sent it back across goal, and and uh, Rivas was there. So so six already um this year in 13 games so we've already outdone year one by one um so i would expect a set piece goal uh, either tomorrow night or saturday night one or the other and um and those have gone a long way to helping us get offense uh when we have struggled to put the ball in the back of the net at times so um i just 
found that in in some research that I did. We're actually uh, behind the pace as far as points go uh, for compared to last season. Um, but I, but I think we've got a lot more time left this year to make up for that, and and I think we find our footing and and um, and make a run here. So six points in in the next four days would go a long way, and uh, let's hope that happens. Yeah, and it definitely would. You know, coming off the back, coming off of back to back wins um, last week, uh, six more points would be absolutely huge in terms of where we, in terms of how we look at things uh, between now and the end of the season. And you know, picking up points against two really tough, uh, two really tough opponents is always always a positive. And you have to think that that's going to help generate even more confidence among the guys among the club to and help just help propel them to the next uh, few weeks coming up. So. All right. I think that's going to just about do it for us here tonight. You've heard our predictions and thoughts on both San Antonio and El Paso. Uh, Earl kicked it out, kicked out of here early tonight. Uh, Huge thank you to Harry Austin for joining us in the chat. Uh, Harry, appreciate you. We're going to get you on the show um, in the not too distant future. Uh, Appreciate your, your, your comments and uh, your insights on San Antonio. And uh, we're working on getting Jerry Murillo from, from El from El Paso fandom, uh, getting him on here and we got some other things that we're working on. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out and being with us here in chat. Oh, Hey, I think that's Jerry right there in the chat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get you on the show, man. Uh, we'll get you on the show. Hey, uh, probably at the next match. Um, and I would love to get your insights uh, on, on El Paso and how they're doing so far this year. So, um, again, thank you to everyone who, who is hanging out on YouTube with us. Uh, Jacob, get us out of here. Awesome, man. Uh, Jerry, quick uh, prediction for Saturday's match. And while he's he's typing that, I'll, I'll start the wrap-up. Um, yeah, guys, we, we started a little early because uh, Earl's a little old, uh, even though he's the youngest of the three of us. Um, but he has an early morning in the morning, so we, we started a little early just so we could uh, get out of here a little early so he could get to bed. Um, can't wait till next week. Hopefully we got six points that we can talk about and two matches to break down. It was weird not having a match to break down tonight, um, but I'll take that uh, if it means a little bit of rest for our guys. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. That that completely threw me off. I don't know why that threw me off. I am a professional, and uh, I should be better at this, guys. But uh, <laughs> um, fifty episodes in, you absolutely should be right. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think I missed a couple of those though. Uh, Jerry actually predicts a two-two draw. That is that is humble coming from uh, the man the man of the meme uh, on USL fan page on Facebook. So uh, uh, if you if you missed it, uh, Jerry, we. I said 2-0 New Mexico, and uh, um, Seth said 2-1. Um, and I think Earl said 1-0 New Mexico. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2-2. Uh, but I, I just think uh, coming coming to New Mexico for the first time in almost two calendar or in two calendar years, uh, I think we I think we find a way to muster out a win. So. Um, Sorry, you hopped on so late. Here, we'll we'll get you on either. Um, maybe we'll we'll do a side piece uh, before this weekend's match or or before the next match. You know, we got uh, one more after this 
which is when. Why can't I find it? Oh, Meow Wolf Night on uh, August 14th. So um, we'll get you on for sure. Uh, maybe even after that to kind of see where we're at at the end of the year here. But um, it, it's good. It's good. Uh, good to have fans of other teams uh, following us and talking with us and, and being able to go back and forth and have a good time. So, uh, Jerry, we're going to have to let you go. We're going to get out of here a little early. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, next week, as far as we know, will be 930 uh, as usual. And um, and we can't wait to to be back here with you guys and, and to be with, with fellow United fans at the lab on Saturday. Uh, so don't forget that tomorrow night's match is on ESPN2. So if you are you have an ESPN Plus subscription and that is it, it will not work. Uh, you will need to find somebody with cable uh, to bum it off of so you can watch it or go to a local bar. Uh, support uh, local places and, and watch it from there. And that'll be at 7.30 tomorrow night on ESPN2. And then back Saturday, uh, 7.30, I believe, as well, um, on ESPN+, Plus. if you cannot make it out to the lab. But but please, if you're in the area, go to the lab. Let's pack it out. Uh, let's show El Paso um, what fan support really is. And, and let's get six points this week, guys. So until next week, somos amigos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.